Before today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So get comfy and let's discuss death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I am Red. And this week, we are obsessed with death. On today's episode, it is a very special one. Well, they're all pretty special, but this time around, we have a guest. He's the host of his own death-centric podcast, Obsessed with Death, in which he explores feelings on his own mortality and fascination with death accompanied by a plethora of interesting guests from crime scene cleanup professionals to a spiritual concierge. We'll be giving a cold, clammy welcome to our fellow death podcaster, Rob. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Rob. Uh, we're so excited. If you don't mind just telling us about yourself and you know a little bit about who you are and why you decided to start podcasting your obsession with death. Sure. Yeah. So I originally started podcasting like three or four years ago, and it was just sort of like about my life and whatever I wanted to talk about. And um, I enjoyed doing that, but I did notice how often I talked about death on that podcast. It just sort of <laughs> came up a lot and it came up in life a ton. And, you know, I just, I, I've always just sort of had this obsession, like um, sometimes to a point where it could be, I would imagine unhealthy, you know, maybe thinking about death a little too much. Um, but you know, I would be bringing it up with friends and conversations. We'd, we'd be out trying to have like a fun night. And I'm just like, I want to talk about, you know, what do you think is going to happen when we die? And, you know, people don't want to have that conversation all the time, especially when they're like enjoying, a, 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 you know, a drink and they're with friends and they're trying to. So I felt like I needed to find an outlet for me to express all of this like emotion and stress and anxiety that I have about death. And I felt like it would be a good way to meet other people that would want to talk about this stuff. And I felt like it could possibly maybe help with my anxiety that I deal with on a daily basis, um, you know, concerning death. So, um, you know, it took a little bit of time to, to really figure out what exactly I wanted to do, but then I kind of figured it out. And I've been so lucky in the fact that I get to talk to all these cool people who just live in this like world of death, whether they are just like me and think about it all the time, if they write books about it, if that, you know, if they, they, they unfortunately were sort of put in a position where death was, you know, just put right in their face. I mean, the conversations that I've had were absolutely incredible. So the point is I basically created the podcast because I legitimately can't stop thinking about death and dying and, and, everything that comes with it. And uh, yeah, now, now I get sure. to do it for fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, if you want to talk about death at like a bar or a party or something, you should start hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah, you're going to the wrong bars and hanging out with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's the thing, too, is it's like I've just like I have this group of friends. Obviously, I love them dearly, but none of them have that obsession. And and I don't know. How do you how do you find those people besides, I guess, doing what we're all doing right now, which is right. like you got to seek it out. But it's it's still a little tough. You can't go up to somebody at a party and be like, so what you want to talk about dying how do you feel about death like it's not like the best opener oh for sure i've definitely had uh, a lot of crickets uh in my times like when i was getting into college and like all i wanted to talk about was that i was going into mortuary science and it's just like so uh you guys got a cemetery picked out yet you know like <laughs> exactly yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not the easiest. So, I mean, obviously, the name of your show says a lot on its own. But was there like a moment in time that you realized, like, wow, like I am obsessed with death? Like, was there a situation that happened, or has this kind of something like that's been, always been there since like when you were, you were young or early days? Yes. Yeah, so, I went to an open open casket funeral when I was like eight years old, and I think that sort of was like the first. I don't think I knew exactly what was happening, but I definitely understood like the feelings that people were expressing while I was there. Um, and that definitely like, I think turned clicked something, something in my brain went off for sure. But I, I, re I just, I remember being young and you know, there's, I don't know if, if, if this has happened to, to, to you as well, but there was just a moment where I was sitting there and I was thinking and I was just like, oh, man, I'm like when you realize like I'm going to die one day and I have mm -hmm. no idea what's going to happen. And the idea of just like darkness forever, just th that's just like all I could think about. And it like consumed me for days. And then eventually I was able to sort of get past it. But yeah, I just I mean, I remember exactly where I was the first time I, I realized like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die. And there's a possibility, a possibility that it's just nothing forever after that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting that you mentioned that, actually, because I have a very similar experience as to where when I was younger, I didn't really experience death a lot. My family is pretty young. I didn't really have like any close relatives die until I was older. But I remember there was just one day I think I was laying in bed. I had to be like, I don't know, six or seven years old. And I just remember thinking that, yeah, one day I'm going to die and it's just all going to be over. And uh, I actually told this story in the podcast before, but this happened um, at night in the middle of night. And I remember walking into my parents' room, like crying, like tears <laughs> in my eyes. And they're like, you know what's wrong? Is everything OK? And, and I go, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like my first experience, like realizing that, yeah, like eventually it's it's all going to come to an end. So that is very interesting that, you know, you've had like the same sort of experience. I wonder how many people have also kind of experienced that in a way. I wonder if there's if if everyone can like if it was that big of an impact on them that they could like because, again, I could literally draw you a picture of exactly where I was and what was happening yeah. when it first happened. Like it's so imprinted in my brain. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously just the, the millions of thoughts afterwards. But yeah, I mean, it was it just had such an impact on me. And then, of course, didn't really like change my perspective or like I didn't live my life any differently. But it was just like, oh, yeah, we're everyone's going to it's going to happen to all of us. Mm -hmm. which is another reason why I started the podcast, because I was like, 
this is like the the perfect podcast topic. It's literally the thing every we all have this in common. I, I could talk to anyone because we're all going to die. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's it's it's really genius, and I I think at at the core of most of our beings, we do have some type of like interest in death, uh, either death itself or, or the things that surround it. Like we have that kind of morbid curiosity uh, ingrained in us as humans. I think. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's. I mean, <clears throat> I've talked about this on other podcasts too, but it's like. I, I have like random just like thoughts pop in my head like I I have, I have these I have the most irrational fears <laughs> because it's I just can't stop thinking about dying. I mean, I legitimately will stand to the side of my oven when I turn it on because I just assume it's going to explode and just take my legs out every time. I look like a, I look like a crazy person. But I just I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop imagining it. I mean, I used to take the bus a lot. And it would just, I would just sit there and just look at everybody and be like, I wonder how they're going to die. How's, how, how's she going to, like, it's just like, why am I thinking about this stuff? Like, it's, it's a lot. It could be a lot for sure. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a lot. You know, Red and I are exposed to death pretty much every day. Um, so it's easy for us to forget that confronting death is not like a daily activity for most people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some people are like, you know, I don't want to say consumed, but, you know, it, it comes up a lot. And even myself, like dealing with death every day, sometimes I think about like, oh, like, you know, I have to be careful, like driving down this icy road because I could die. I mean, obviously, that's a common thought for people, but it's I feel like it's more real because I understand like car crashes and I've seen car crashes and I understand like what goes into it and stuff like this. So I think, um, you know, a lot of people do have like a fear of death, but, um, you know, for people that don't see death every day, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, why do you think that death is a common for fear for people? And like, why, why do you think you can't stop thinking about it? Is it something sort of like a mental block or was it like a fear for you? Is that kind of why you started the podcast? Do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, fear is definitely a part of it. I mean, I'm definitely terrified on how I'm going to die. Um, that's that's a big part of it for sure. Um, going back really quick to what you were saying too is like you are you guys obviously are are seeing this all the time. It's just become a part of your lives. I think that's so healthy. I think you're so much better off. I mean, people, you know, especially in america it's like we hide death so much like it's just not talked about mm -hmm. you know it's just hidden in hospitals there's there's really obviously whatever you have a funeral but it's like there's just there's not a lot of space to talk about it and, and i get it it's uncomfortable but i think if maybe there was more outlets or more people talking about it or if it was just made uh, into this topic that's like a, you know just not such a, a fear-based thing that maybe I wouldn't have this obsession. Maybe I wouldn't be so, you know, constantly thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just wish it was, it was sort of more out in the open. Um, so I, I, I honestly, I'm jealous. I, I, again, I think a part <laughs> of why I do this podcast is because it does sort of like ease, you know, the, the fear a little bit. And I've had some conversations with people, um, you know, like I said, that, that have been, diagnosed with brain cancer who have been told, you know, they have six months to live. And I mean, those are some of the, the greatest conversations I've ever had. And I feel like they've helped me a ton and to be able to get like their perspective, obviously afterwards and during it. I mean, I have an episode I haven't released yet, but I spoke with someone who was, was told, I think maybe four months before we, or six, six, eight months, maybe before we talked, 
that she had six months to live. And it was wow. just like have that having that conversation and like being able to make jokes about it. And she was just so calm and just like so funny and just so insightful that it, it really did help. But yeah, I mean, fear is just obviously, I mean, no one wants to die. I mean, uh, well, you know what I mean? P people, <laughs> most people don't want to die or they at least want to live a long life. I mean, I just, yeah, there's so many different aspects to it. Obviously it's just like darkness forever is terrifying. Uh, how you're going to die is terrifying. Is it going to drag out for six months? Is it going to happen right away? I mean, there's just so many variables that I could just, again, my, my brain just has a field day. Right. I always thought it was very interesting um, to think of the fear of death from two perspectives, like the, the person that is a long way off from dying uh, and their fear of death and the person that is actively dying and their fear of death, because they are very like different things because your, your headspace is a lot different during yeah. those two time frames. Like somebody who is uh, actively dying or dying soon, their their fears kind of um, get a lot more detailed. So are they going to fear that their death is uh, dig dignified? Uh, are they in fear for their family and what their family is going to do after they die? Are they scared it's going to hurt? Um, I mean, there's like a lot of different like little minutia that kind of comes up that you didn't think about before because you were 20, 30 years off. So it it's fascinating how much different kinds of fears arise from death itself uh, at different time frames. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. It's there's just so much to it. Yeah, and I think it's so honestly amazing. I don't want to get into like the details of all your guests because I really think that our audience should give your podcast a listen. If you're here, you're definitely going to love Rob's podcast, so go check it out. But um I, you've had so many amazing guests and, you know, the fact that you're talking to people that are in this like really active state of dying and, you know, dealing with that head on, um, I'm sure you've had some like really just insane conversations. Is there anything like specific that you can remember that really changed your idea of death or, you know, that has like helped you on this kind of little journey to confront your obsession with death? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many examples I could give. I mean, I, I feel like I get something from every conversation. I sometimes multiple things from conversations, uh, good and bad though. I mean, I will, I will say sometimes, uh, you know, the conversations go down a path that doesn't help me necessarily, but it still needs to be talked about. And I, and I, I enjoy the conversation and I'm glad that it's brought up. You know, it's not all about me. I want people to enjoy the podcast. I want people to get things out of it as well. So I'm willing to have any conversation that comes up, whether it helps me or not. But I mean, you mentioned the crime scene cleanup episode that I did, and that mm -hmm. one was brutal mm -hmm. just because I specifically something that was brought up was, you know, these Crime scenes, obviously, are, are, are brutal in general. The fact that there's people that are willing to go out and do that is just blows my mind. They're, they're incredible humans. But the, the, the topic came up based around the idea that sometimes they show up to not necessarily a crime scene, but just a death scene. And it's people that have just been laying in their bed for weeks, sometimes months. So... That oh that that kind of stuck with me in, in not the best way, just because 
you know, the idea of just like someone dying and then it's just like nobody even noticed. They're just like laying in a bed and there's that, that's just it until like a stranger comes and cleans it up. That that's sort of just like, you know, that that's stuck with me. And I do think about that sometimes. Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely like I as a medical examiner person, a medical examiner investigator, I've definitely come across that many, many, many times. And I think that after a while, I kind of made it my motto to um, call my parents at least once a week, if not every day when they start to get, you know, of a certain age. Like, I just, it's just really crazy how fast it happens. And it's just really awful how many people do die without anyone noticing for a long period of time. I think yeah. that probably has to go with a lot of the fear in the general population as well. Yeah. And I mean, another topic that's that I think is so interesting is the relationship with your parents, too. Right. Because you're just like watching your parents get older and unfortunately closer to death. And it's mm -hmm. like that's just part of life. And, you, you know, obviously you just deal with that. But I mean, I've had some pretty, pretty interesting conversations with my parents. I think just like the older that they get and they know I do this death podcast. They listen to it like it's a whole thing. They, you know, they ask me about it. but. You know, I think as my parents and I don't obviously I'm sure this isn't with everyone's parents, but at least with mine, I mean, they just seem to be more and more comfortable with it as the older they get. And it's just like, I mean, it's it's so interesting and obviously a little sad, but mm -hmm. it's just it's just so interesting to me that like they, I could have these conversations with them. And, and I think it's just I don't know, the, the older you get, the more you just sort of realize that you know, this is just what you're going towards. I mean, I, I was, um, I was with my mom. She had to have a relatively serious surgery about like three months ago. And I mean, we probably had one of the best conversations I think we've ever had leading up to that because, you know, I wanted to have the conversation like, and this this goes back to another episode that I did with this spiritual concierge where she's like talking to dead people and spirits. And it's like this whole thing that I'm so fascinated with. So when I'm put in the situation with my mom, I immediately am like, OK, listen, if you die in this and this is what I'm telling my mom, like a week before surgery, which, again, not the, the most lighthearted conversation, <laughs> but I feel like it needs to be said. I'm like, look, you might die during the surgery. It, it's you know, we both know that this is possible. So we need to come up with a plan. We need to figure out what happens. If you die, I need you to be able, we need, we need a code word. I need you to do a thing. <laughs> we got to figure out something that like you could let me know if there's more, if something happens after you die, you got to let me know. We got to, you got to make it rain. You got to have a bird <laughs> shit on me. Like <laughs> We got to figure it out so that I know. And that if nothing happens, you know, well, then then you I know. guess life, <laughs> then just life, life goes on. But I mean, we literally came up with, with a plan for what she would do if she died so that she could kind of just like, give me that little, you know, that thumbs up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that, you know, it, it, everyone should call their, if you have, if you're able to call your parents, I think, I think they appreciate it. And yeah, you never know. It's like anything could just happen in an instant. And, uh, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I'm not saying you should also, come, you know, remind your, your parents before surgery that they might die, but <laughs> this is just, again, how my brain works and I can't really help it. 
Sure. When you were talking about making plans with your mom, I, I for a minute, I thought you were going to talk about making like like funerary plans, like arrangements. No. Like <laughs> I like this better though. <laughs> no, I I need to know if 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 there's anything going on afterwards. Look, we we've, we we've also had those conversations. I know what she wants me to do when she dies. It's not that we haven't had that as well, but I mean, priorities are. Right. What, I mean, I need content for my podcast. If my mom dies <laughs> and then something happens, I mean, I got to talk about that. Right. <laughs> sure. I mean, how incredible, though, that you're able to have that open communication with your parents about stuff like this. Because I feel like, like it's it's almost like 50-50. Like half the time when I sit down with a family, you know, like half of them are like, oh, yeah, you know, she had the big book of death that she did before she passed on with all of her arrangements and what she wanted and the readings she wanted. And then the other half that are just like, mom would never talk about it. We tried to get her to talk about it for years. She would always turn a blind eye to us. She just didn't want to talk about her own death. And then someone kicks the bucket and there's nothing. Families have no idea what to do. So that is so refreshing to hear uh, that. There are some parental units out there that are with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, both of my parents, they they constantly remind me of what I need to do when they die. They have no no shame. <laughs> shame is not the right word, but they, they have no problem um, bringing it up and talking about it. And and again, like it's it, it, I, I see them becoming even more comfortable with talking about it as they get older because um, they, they do. They do seem to care. They do want certain things to happen mm-hmm. uh, to them when they pass away. My my dad um is more on the science side of things he wants to be able to donate his his body which i think is great um you know my mom she has other other plans (laughs) so you know oh that's mysterious uh, (laughs) i know why i I immediately am like i don't do i need i don't know if i need to be sharing what their death plans are but (laughs) they do they do have them and and i am a big fan of of being a donor so I, i plan on doing the same i don't i don't know i would love to hopefully be able to help somebody after I, you know, pass away, um, I think that that's, that's a beautiful thing you could do, but you know, obviously other people have their plans, but yeah, I mean, everyone should talk about it. I, I, I it's, it comes up on my podcast all the time. I mean, I've, I've literally done episodes based around just planning your entire funeral and there's books on it and there's so many things you could do. And so many people you could talk to that could help you do that, that I think it does kind of ease it a little bit and it does make it a little bit more real, unfortunately, but it also does, I think, hopefully calm the nerves a little bit that, you know, when you do pass away, you're, you don't have to worry about your family stressing about what they're going to do or how they're going to do it. Like if it's just, if you could make a plan and just make it easier for them, I think you should do it. And absolutely. I mean, I think part of the fear of death and other people's death is the loss of control that comes along with it. And I feel the best way to take that back is to do things like what you're doing to go out there and talk about death to plan your own funeral to talk to your friends and family about it gain control back over the fear that you have of death by just confronting it head on oh yeah yeah i mean it's it, it, again it's like i mean I'm a, I'm a big fan of talk therapy and i think just talking about anything in general is is gonna help you know it it might not seem like it right away but i think the more you do it it, it does make things easier for sure I mean, you kind of, you know, talked about it a little bit of like, oh, what's after death and uh, with your mom. So, I mean, if I may ask, do you have any uh, concept of like an afterlife for yourself? Are you kind of wondering or you hoping for something? Um, Yeah, I mean, I do. I I think it would be so boring if we just if that was just it. Right. Like that would just be such a bummer. Like. 
the fact that we're all here right now is just as insane as the possibility of something happening when we're not here anymore, right? Like the life in general is crazy. Like we're literally just floating in the in like nothingness on a giant rock. Like that's just spinning. <laughs> it's like it's it, everything is so crazy that it doesn't seem that bizarre to me for people to think that something else happens. Now I'm I told I'm I'm not like against that idea. I think it's also unfortunately totally possible that it's just nothing forever. And um, I don't know. I I I I go back and forth on a few different things. Um, I've had my mind sort of changed a little bit just with some of the conversations that I've had. I mean, I've had people that have come close to death that will tell you without even, you know, batting an eye that that there is more. And for some reason, they never want to get into it, but they know they seem so, so convinced that it's just like that I'm convinced. Um, I'm a big fan of reincarnation. I think it's a really interesting theory. Um, I, I've just I've read so much about it. I've watched some pretty incredible documentaries. Um, I always go back to this one Reddit thread. I don't know if you're a fan of Reddit at all, but definitely a Redditor over here. <laughs> great. Yeah, I will send you. There is this one thread that went pretty viral on on Reddit where somebody just put the topic of. Um, I forget the exact way they phrased it, but basically like, hey, what's what's some sort of creepy or, or strange or sort of fun thing your child said to you when you were really young? And it just turned into this incredible reincarnation thread of everyone sort of speaking about this this very specific age range where it was like four to like seven, like five to eight, like kind of around there mm -hmm. where the, all of their kids would say the, almost the exact same thing whether it was you're this isn't my first family i chose you you're not my first mom like i've had you know i whatever whatever it was it was these very specific things that they would say and this thre this thread i mean i would sit for hours and just read them it's so crazy i actually have a few <laughs> that i just saved because it's like i i don't know what to do with them it's like i, I don't want to like lose them yeah but it's just it's just so so wild and there's this really great documentary on netflix called surviving death uh that really that that documents you know there's these doctors and scientists who dedicate their whole life to reincarnation and do all this research and i mean it's just such an interesting and 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 fascinating topic um, and of course, again, it could just be our, you know, our lizard brains trying to make <laughs> things a little less scary, but I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's just as possible as anything else. Sure. And I'm totally fine with my lizard brain trying to make things feel better. <laughs> me too. I'm, I'm, it's fine. It, 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 it freaks me out all the time and, and it also calms me down. So whatever it's got to do, I'm, I'm with it. Sure. I, I also love that idea of like, you know, we have so much energy and so much, so much that we don't know that goes on in our brains and, you know, whatever our soul may be. I, I love the idea of, you know, after, you know, there is something and, you know, maybe we don't know what it is. Maybe it isn't exactly what we think it is, but, you know, all the energy has to like go somewhere. I don't yeah. think it just stops, you know, so, so I definitely agree with that. It's a very cool way to think of something like that. But, you know, I also agree that people that have their own ideas of death, whether it be, you know, religious or just, you know, nothingness, I think that's important too, to just have 
that idea in your mind of like, you know, this is what I believe, you know, might happen or will happen. You know, you're still thinking about death. You're still confronting death in a way that I think is healthy for some, for the most, for the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's no way around it. Like we have, we have to, we have to convince ourselves of something, right. Whether it is nothing or it could be anything. I think that we, we all need something. If you don't, then congratulations, please teach me. However, <laughs> you've tricked yourself into thinking that because that sounds fantastic as well. I'm keeping my secrets to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So have you uh, taken any like trips or vacations to like a destination centric on death? Um, so like obviously there's tons of museums uh, for death and dying, stuff like that. Any Any places you may want to visit in the future? You know, I haven't really thought about that too much. Um, obviously, there's like a few, uh, there's a few different places that have been brought up to me that that people have told me that I should go to. I have like a little notebook where I've got a, I've got a list of of places that people have have recommended. But I guess the only thing that like I've really sort of gravitated towards is like very specific cemeteries. I've definitely done done a few different trips, just sort of on my own. Um, I'm originally from New York. I lived in Brooklyn for a while, and uh, there is a cemetery in Brooklyn that I'm just completely obsessed with. Um, it's called the Greenwood Cemetery. Um, it's the entrance looks like if they put a if they put a cemetery inside Disney World. Like it's just oh, wow. it's so incredible. I don't know if you're near a phone or anything, but you you should give it a give it a Google because it is incredibly beautiful. And I mean, it's like I don't I wish I knew exactly like offhand, but it's like you know, it's massive. It's it's like a hundred acres or something insane. And or I'm sorry, here I I pull I tried pulling it up while I'm talking here. Four hundred and seventy eight acres. So. It's just this, you know, you, you just, you could walk forever. It's, it's just nonstop. So I used to take the train. It was like probably, I don't know, an hour and a half train ride, depending on if I could catch the right trains. And uh, I would just, I would go on, I'd pick, if it was a rainy day, if it was a foggy day, that was the, those were the days I would go. And I would just go walk around, you know, put headphones in and, uh, you know, just, just sort of wander. And uh, I, I don't know what it is about that specifically, but it, I always really enjoyed it. It sort of just kind of mellowed me out. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just beautiful. But no, I don't really have anything, any like specific destinations. Is there anything that I need to go to? Is there any recommendations that you have? Honestly, like cemeteries was definitely top on my list. Uh, personally, I would love to go down to Louisiana and check out cemeteries down there. I'm actually, I'm actually looking at pictures of that Greenwood Cemetery that you were talking about. Yeah. That cathedral entrance is so dope. It's in, <laughs> right. Is it not just in? It's 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 wild. Like walking up to it, you're just like I. I just remember I would just stand there and stare at it. Also, the person who had like a mini pyramid erected as their mausoleum, like some props there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I could I could send you some of the photos. I still have a bunch of I would just take photos of certain things. I'll send you some stuff. It's so wild. And it's like super historic, too. Like there's like tons of like, you know, like history to it and certain like all these like 
you know, different people are buried there. And yeah, it's it's so wild. And honestly, there's just there's so many cool little like oddity shops and museums like you could do like a cross country tour of just like all the weirdest places uh, that states have to offer with their museums. And it's just there's so many cool ones. Um, I know like when I was visiting the Cleveland area for a little bit, we have um, I believe it's Lakeview Cemetery out here. Uh, and same thing, just gorgeous, gorgeous cemetery to walk through, giant monoliths, like ridiculous, ridiculous architecture. And I, that was one of my my favorite things when I started to get into death myself was just cemeteries because it's like this interesting meeting of of death and life at the same time. I mean, you have trails and, and like walking trails meant for people to go and explore them. And like you can come and sit with your like passed on loved ones. Like it, it's such a cool like getting to peek across the veil type type of place. And I think there's a special a special vibe that that you get when you're at a cemetery. Absolutely. Now, I definitely am only going during the day. Let's be clear. <laughs> I'm not going and wandering around at night. There's just no way I could handle that. But daytime cemetery, big fan. <laughs> no ghost hunting at night, then I'm assuming. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I actually, that's definitely on my list of, of podcast guests. I would love to talk to somebody who like genuinely takes ghost hunting serious, but not for me. Definitely not for me. I'm not trying to, to enter into that world. Sure. Me and my uh, me and my friends didn't do a, a great job when we tried on Halloween a few years back. Uh, there's like this cemetery out by us that has what's called the Witch's Ball, it's supposed to be very very haunted, like giant orb in the middle of the cemetery. Um, it probably didn't help that I brought my Waluigi board instead of the Ouija <laughs> board. <laughs> I think I pissed off the ghost. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, ghost is a whole nother thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do we feel? We, we, I'm, I'm assuming based off of that story right there, you definitely are, are into it. I, I would, I would love the idea of ghosts. I think it's also super fun. But again, it's for some reason, it's like I do have like these like barriers to this whole death thing where I'm like, eh, I don't know about ghosts. Totally, sure. I guess possible, but I, I, for some reason, I, I, I believe way more that. When I die, I just become a baby again. Then, then a ghost exists. But who knows? <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. I do like the idea of ghosts. It's, it goes back to that idea of like energy and like you know, they say like ghosts are just energy that's like stuck here, which you for know, sure, yeah, makes sense to me at least. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree. I agree. I, but I just, I guess, I'm saying like, in like, the Hollywood sense of ghosts. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I. I don't know if I see that. I don't know if I see it being like that. I guess that's what I'm really trying to say. Like these, these, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like these guys that are trying to like find Bigfoot. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> Bigfoot's probably real. I mean, I don't know if we want to go down that. <laughs> that Do you that, really want to yeah, find Bigfoot? Is the question. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It, like I don't. I don't. It's. It's. It, it's it's all fun until you turn around and Bigfoot staring at you, and then I think it's, it it could be a problem. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I I feel the same way. I'm more of the Scully. Like I like I want to believe it's probably out there, but like I don't know. It's it's not how everyone thinks it is. I don't think when it comes to like you're saying with movies, like it's probably just this fleeting blip where you know the the worlds meet and then there's something there for just a split second and it's gone. For sure. Now here's a maybe dark question. Um, oh, I love it. Those are my favorite ones. You <laughs> with... got the right person here. I'm telling you. you do it. Don't even worry about it. 
<laughs> so with death and the fear of it, what to you is like the worst, like the worst ways to die, like for yourself? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, look, like I said before, I'm scared of my kitchen oven. So, I mean, I've got so many. <laughs> the laundry list. That we, could, that we could go through. I mean, pretty much anything that could explode terrifies me because mm -hmm. I just assume I'm going to be the guy that stands next to, you know, uh, you know, the helium tank at the birthday party. And like, that's, that's going to be it for me. Like I'm going to be the guy who just gets ripped in half while, you know, the clown's making a, a, a balloon animal. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, car accidents are obviously terrifying. I've been in some bad car accidents um, that I definitely shouldn't have made it out of. So I've already sort of lived those fears, but you know, car accidents, definitely terrifying like i said i used to take the bus a lot i used to take the bus because i would did not want to be be in a car i just i couldn't handle it um you know it's like i, I it's anything that's gonna be and i obviously i think this is pretty normal but it's like anything that's gonna be violent is like that's that's my biggest fear it's like violent death Right. is is you know not ideal um brain aneurysm definitely think those are happening to me constantly any <laughs> any sort of any sort of minor headache or weird twitch i just i oh, just know it's coming <laughs> i just immediately freeze and i'm just waiting for the, the lights to turn out um you know that's that's a real one i, I mean dying in my sleep you know I, I think about that a lot i think about just going to bed and just not waking back up again um not very violent but definitely a, a fear of mine um, any sort of animal death is scary. I mean, I have friends that, you know, I'm in Arizona. They love going up North. They love going camping. I'm just like, eh, just, there's going to be a wolf there, a coyote. Like, <laughs> I mean, I see coyotes relatively, um, frequent in certain parts of Arizona when I'm around. So it's like, ah, I'm just like well, getting eaten alive would be pretty awful and, and totally possible and does happen. So, you know, that's a, that's a big fear. Um, getting murdered, obviously, um, you know, hit by a car is a big one. Ooh, I mean, there's just yeah. hit by a car and nobody, and, and the person taking off is terrifying. And then you just lay there, you know, the and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, any, any of that stuff is just a nightmare. Um, but yeah, for some reason, my main fear is like explosion type death obviously like hmm. fire would be terrifying you know drowning would suck i mean the ocean is terrifying there's no way you're ever getting me out on any sort of boat <laughs> in the middle of i need to be plane crash i mean oh my god i'm the person <laughs> i'm the person on the on the airplane that nobody wants to sit next to because <laughs> i make them nervous why is this guy so sweaty <laughs> <laughs> i literally i i had a flight from new york to arizona one time this woman was, we were connecting flights. We had new people getting on the plane. This woman obviously like had a couple of cocktails, did not fear flying whatsoever, sat down next to me and just looked at me and she's like, man, you are a bummer. <laughs> like, yes, oh, yes, no. ma'am. Yes, I am going. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to be a bummer this entire time. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I, I just it's it's unfortunate, but I will be a complete bummer. And then she just proceeded to just buy me cocktails. And I think we eventually got cut off because we both were so drunk, but it made, it made the flight so much better. It's like, it's again, it's like 
I will fly. I'll do the flights. I don't care. It doesn't, I'm not scared to the point where I won't do it, but I just won't enjoy it. I like to be able to have my feet on the ground. You know, I like to be able, I, I, that, that like trapped in a, you know, 800 mile an hour tin can is just not for me. You really did go through the laundry list there. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's constant. I mean, I think about, I think about all of this um, way too much for sure. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's a good chunk. I've got more, but we, we could, we could move on. For <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's really, that's really important. You know, I mean, like I, I feel like I do the same thing except uh, for other people around me, especially my um, lovely partner who's sitting behind me right now. Maybe they won't hear me, but um, there's, but then it like, I'm do the same crazy kind of like ring around with that, where uh, my partner used to have a tongue stud and they swallowed it once by accident. The oh, whole thing. no. And I was like, okay, if you get a fever, you need to tell me immediately because I don't want you to get sepsis and die if you perforate your bowel. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's or, a real, okay, but that, look, I, that's yeah. a real fear. Yeah, I'm with absolutely. you. If that like, happened, you need it, to tell me. And were they just like calm about it? Like well, they you were they freaking know, out. They know me, you know, so they're like, whatever. Like, I'll I'll let you know. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, really quick. I had a friend who bought a soda from a gas station, and halfway through drinking it, he realized that there was a dead mouse in the soda bottle. Stop. <laughs> and oh he obviously threw the rest of the soda away, but he drank like half of it. And then I see him later that day and he tells me the story and I look at him and I go, why aren't we at the hospital right now? Shouldn't you be getting blood work done? Like, what is going on? And he was just like, well, you know, whatever. If something happens, it's going to happen. I have nothing I can do about it now, which is, I think, the healthiest way to live your life, I guess. Oh my but God. no if, regrets. If, if that would have happened, if that would have happened to me, I immediately would have thrown up everywhere and probably passed out. And then once I gained consciousness again, would have immediately gone to the hospital. And, yeah. you know, of course, nothing happened to him. He's completely fine. But something like that, it just my, my mind wouldn't be able to handle it. I would not. I would need a medical professional to tell me that I'm going to be OK. Otherwise, I would not sleep. Sure. I feel like your friend is more of like Red's energy. I would yeah. definitely be in the same boat. Like, OK, I'm Googling. I'm going to the emergency room right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, that would be the, oh, the God Google, too. I mean. Oh, that's such a, so is bad there, for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Google, obviously, WebMD. I mean, I feel like they just didn't think that one through, you know? They're just no. like, okay, like, does anyone really need to, go like, I guess maybe it could help some people, but do you really need to be Googling symptoms? That just seems, you know, unfair to, 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 to a person like myself who is just like, <laughs> you Google it and immediately just goes to brain cancer and you're like, ah, right. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, no, I, I, I definitely am like the, uh, the Monty Python. Ah, tis but a flesh wound. It's like well, you're, <laughs> you've amputated yourself. Ah, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> and that's that's probably the way to go. It's definitely the healthier. You're gonna live longer than all of us for sure, just because <laughs> your blood pressure is lower. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it's you're better off for sure. I would love to be that person, but no such luck. What was maybe the most impactful death that you experienced of someone in your life, someone close to you, something that really affected you either positively or negatively? 
Um, well, you know, unfortunately, I did have a friend just suddenly pass from a car accident when I was in high school. And that was just brutal just because, you know, you see this person one day and then literally the next day, it's like, that's it. They're just gone forever. Um, I think that's pretty typical, unfortunately, with, you know, certain ways that people could die. Um, but was lucky enough to not really have a ton of death in my life. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, grandparents, but they were all, you know, much older and it, and it wasn't like that much of a surprise. Um, I will say though, that unfortunately I do have a friend who just started chemo about a month ago and Mm. that's really sort of had the biggest impact I think on me because, you know, we just, we grew up together and, you know, we're, we're both relatively young, you know, in our, in our early thirties here. And, you know, you just don't think that it's going to happen to someone, you know, especially Mm -hmm. to like, you know, one of your close friends that you just assume you're going to watch grow old and we're going to grow old together. And, you know, she's got, you know, a one-year-old son that just makes everything even harder. So it's just like, I think that's really, unfortunately, I'm kind of going, what the question you're asking is sort of what I'm going through right now, where it's like, you know, where we're all obviously trying to be positive and, 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 uh, you know, hope for the best, but of course, you know, it's like my brain just goes to the worst possible outcome and consumes, I think most of what I think about when I, when I do think about the situation, but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, getting older and that's just part of this whole deal is that you know you are gonna unfortunately either lose people or be put in a situation where you possibly could lose them or or just be put in a situation where you're reminded you know that this is unfortunately how life goes and uh you sort of just have to it's just so weird to be like okay well this is what's happening now and and we're gonna deal with it and then you you gotta go to work on monday you know it's just like it's yeah not not the ideal situation but you know, yeah, definitely going through, I think probably the biggest impact death wise so far in my life currently. Sure. It's, it's especially vulnerable, um, having that, like that invincibility stripped away from you, especially when you've lived for a long enough time where, like you mentioned, you know, grandparents passing away, the quote unquote expected deaths, but when it starts to happen to people your age, and then there's just that like smack, like of, wow, okay, um, this isn't forever. It's And it's starting to come up for more people uh, that are close to me and to myself. Like it, that is that in itself is a terrifying turn in death. Yeah, and it just like makes you realize like how selfish, unfortunately, I think humans can be because it's just like, and this, you know, I, I it sucks to say stuff like this, but I, I feel like whenever I do talk about death, I try and be as, you know, as honest as possible. But it, of course, it just makes me think like, maybe I have cancer. Maybe I'm going to, I might get cancer next year. I might have cancer right now. Like she could live and then I get it in a year and then I'm going to die from cancer. Like cancer, man. Like you don't even, obviously it's, it's a thing you know about, but it's like, I don't, I think about death a lot, but I don't just like <laughs> assume I have cancer and then, you know, somebody gets it and you're like, ah, now I'm, right. I might have it. I might have it too. And, and it's, it, it, you know, again, it's like, you don't want to make your friends thing about yourself, but you know, it's just like, at least my brain, unfortunately just makes me go, sure. Oh, well, that's gonna, that's gonna happen to you too, probably. So 
No, I think it really says something about like our society's way of, you know, as younger people, like 20s, early 30s, whatever, we're really not exposed to death and we're not expected to deal with it. So when it happens, it's just kind of like, oh, crap. Um, I, th <laughs> I think that, you know, that kind of like cultivates this like fear of death. And, you know, I think where you have sort of like combated this with your, you know, podcast and your obsession with death, you know, I think maybe it's it's a good thing that, you know, you are thinking about death in this sort of way as to where, you know, people our age usually aren't. I, I think you're, you know, all the conversation you conversations you've had and, you know, all the chances you've had to think about death, I think it, it you know, makes you more apt to deal with it, um, you know, and maybe you can be like more of a, more of a sounding board, more of a comfort for your friend, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, we just immediately started making jokes about it. Yeah. As soon, like, yep. as, soon as, as soon, like, and I'm very lucky in the fact that like, that's the relationship that we have together is that we would just any, any, I don't think I've, I think I've had like three serious conversations with her in the 18 years that we've known each other. Right. So when, you know, unfortunately one of us gets cancer, the, the immediate go-to is to just start making jokes about it. Right. <laughs> you know, which, which we did for at least an hour. And, uh, you know, it, it, it does help. And I, I do think it helps her a little bit too, because most people that are surrounding her right now that are in her life are not looking to make jokes about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, you know, I know her and I, I know that, that that's something she definitely wanted to do, or at least, you know, have somebody to do that with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think, um, I could probably help her a little bit in a way that a few other people can't just because it does just make them uncomfortable, which again, is totally normal. And I, I completely understand, right. but you know, I would, you know, I would love if, if, if I was in that situation, I would love for her to call me and, and make fun of me for it and make jokes about it because <laughs> it would, I know it would make you feel better. It made me feel better just in that moment with her. And I think, you know, it did the same. So yeah, for sure. I, 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 I have no problem being that person. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Death is wild. You know, it's just like, it's like, it's, there's nothing we could do about it. Obviously there's, there's medicine and all these things we could try and do, but we don't win. I mean, not yet, at least. I mean, we could save this for another podcast, but you know, I, I've been reading all these stories about like they're harvesting like, uh, you know, pig kidneys and livers. And immediately I'm just like, oh, perfect. I can live forever. They're going <laughs> to, yeah. they're, they're going to eventually, if I could just make it to like 60, we'll probably have the science to where I could live to like 200. Right. So oh, then yeah. like, I don't have to, then maybe I don't have to worry about death so much. I'll just have like, you know, animal parts inside me. Oh yeah. Right. Becoming a full bodied pig cyborg is definitely on my <laughs> list of uh, death options. For sure. If, I just want to upload it, my brain to the cloud already. Come on. <laughs> Hey, if it if it if it if it could keep me going for a little bit longer. I mean, I'm definitely not one of those people that like wants to live forever, but sure. I mean, it would be kind of cool to like, you know, to see things a little bit longer than you're supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, um I know that you usually wrapping up you usually like to ask your guests uh, if they have any thoughts about their own funeral arrangements or or what you'd like to do. Um, I enjoy your episodes when you ask about uh, a possible like funeral playlist, any songs that they want played during the funeral. So do you have any anything planned out for yourself? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely slowly been collecting songs and creating a playlist for sure. Um, but it's funny, recently I've sort of decided against, I, I, I go back and forth a lot, um, but I definitely want my funeral to be more of a celebration than a somber moment for sure. Um, as of right now, the playlist is strictly Billy Joel and that's it. Almost excellent. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's all Billy Joel. I've, I've kind of been working on, on themes, you know, outfits and like what they're allowed to wear, what oh, they're not. Yes. <laughs> um, I want it, I want it to be relaxed. I hate like the, the, you know, the, the, the dark, I, I mean, I'm a big fan. I wear a lot of dark colors. We're going to skip the dark colors. I think on the funeral, we're going to keep it light, you know, a lot of shorts, uh, you know, a lot of button downs, maybe possibly a lot of unbuttoned t-shirts. You know, I want to keep things, uh, you know, pretty fun and loose, but, uh, yeah, for sure. As of right now, definitely it's music wise, strictly Billy Joel. Sure. My mom would be happy to hear that. Honestly. <laughs> moms, moms do love Billy Joel. I, I, I grew up listening to Billy Joel because of my mom. Um, you know, where, you know, she's from Long Island. She grew up watching Billy Joel sort of, you know, grow up. Um, so yeah, it was just constantly playing in my house. I'm obsessed. I listen to Billy Joel all the time. Um, so yeah, definitely. And you know, whatever, he's got sad songs too. We might skip those. We might keep, we might keep it uplifting, but maybe end on a, on a, on a sad note. I don't know. There's just so many options. I will say this though. I definitely, it does seem like maybe not the most environmentally, environmentally conscious you know, way to go by like putting your body in a box and then burying it in the ground. Like I understand mm -hmm. that, but I do love the idea of people being able to like visit something that's me, you know? So, yeah. um, and look, if they want to like, you know, hug my casket and cry over it while I'm dead, if they want to get it real emotional, that's, that's fine, I guess. But lighthearted Billy Joel, put me in the ground somewhere i think i'm good i like that a lot i think maybe it's not right for everybody but i want it for myself and i think that's kind of the way funeral service is headed anyway that keeping it light and keeping it about what was important when that person was alive yeah for sure i mean look it's like you want to be sad that's fine do that on your own time the funeral's my time this is a, right. it's about me it's not about you <laughs> it's your party I'm, i died you didn't die you it's my be... it's my party i'll die if i want to <laughs> exactly i hope i hope that's the title of this episode <laughs> perfect well before we do our sign-offs uh for any uh potential future obsessed with death listeners out there is there an episode that you're especially proud of that you'd recommend that they check out to get into your work um yeah i mean i really do it's i mean it's a, i do i've loved every conversation i've been so lucky um, you know, to really have all of these different, um, you know, conversations, obviously around death, but I did, um, I did speak to someone, uh, who was, his name was Ethan, uh, was, who was diagnosed with brain cancer. And we just had this incredible, con the, the episode's called brain cancer. And we just had this incredible conversation where you know, he just changed his entire life. I mean, it's just, you know, he 
sold the company that he worked that that he worked to build like his whole life and just like did a complete you know left turn and now he's he's an artist and he's traveling and he got married like he's just it, it completely changed him in the best way possible and we just it was just such an incredible conversation uh to to obviously you know just hear the way he dealt with the hand he was given and then what he did when he sort of got you know there's he's still obviously dealing with it in certain ways but the way he sort of changed his life and and moved forward after like you know sort of the hardest part of the whole thing was just like really inspiring and i think you know if you're going to get anything from my podcast i think that's sort of what i want people to get is like it's scary. It could happen to you. There's all these unknowns, but like, there is like also this incredible beauty to like facing your death and dealing with your death. And like, yeah, that's definitely what I would recommend. Um, probably. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites for sure. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did listen to that episode and it definitely, it, it was awe inspiring. It was, it was, it was really great. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for coming on our podcast today. It has been an absolute blast talking about death with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to have you both on my podcast. We'll do this again. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Sure. So everyone listening, if you want to go check out more of Rob's work and um, see what he has to say about death with his um, fun cast of guests, uh, you can check out his podcast at Obsessed With Death. Um, on any podcasting site or venue that you listen to. And yes, thank you also from me. And thank you to all the listeners that tuned in to check us out this week. Um, but that has been it from Mort Mike. And we'd love to connect with you guys on our socials. So like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback. So let us know what you think in a comment or drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear or some burning questions that you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. Also, a quick thank you to our friend Marcin for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his Bandcamp at marcinmusic.bandcamp.com. Thanks, Marcin. And be sure to tune in on the first Thursday of every month for some more casual discussions on death. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye. 